Yep. Yes. Yes, it is time, folks, for another episode of, you guessed it, Model Railroad Talk. I am your host, The Bandit. We have a very special episode, um, just like we did uh, back uh, without looking at my notes. I want to say episode 14, um, where we had a listener email us and um actually it was episode 15 i just looked it up uh benjamin um and we had him on our show well this episode we have yet another listener for the show so stick around and uh we will get the show on the tracks All right, folks. So we have, like we said in our intro, we have a very special episode this time. Um, we have another listener that uh, we're bringing on to the show. Um, and uh, keep in mind, possibly the very next episode that uh, you will hear, Benjamin should be back on the show but this time around uh we have another listener that had sent us an email and i've mentioned him a few times i believe in uh previous episodes that we've been trying to get our schedules uh lined up to get him on here so um yeah so we are going to have eric from nebraska so uh now mind you when we do these just so um you as our listeners are aware we actually uh record the episode we record the interview whatever you want to call it on actually a different platform just because that platform we use um allows us to be able to do it long distance and it gives i feel a a pretty good audio um sound you know quality so um yeah we will get that started here shortly um now mind you this is a little bit longer interview um nothing wrong with that and um so yeah let's get the interview going with eric join the model railroad revolution go on over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk and become a premium supporter by becoming a premium supporter, you get added benefits such as an exclusive private Facebook group, live videos while we record, access to the latest episode before anyone else, and more. Your support helps us continue to grow and support the model railroad revolution. Go on over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash model railroad talk to become a premium member today. you are lucky to be able to listen to yet another one of our awesome listeners um this is eric o from nebraska he sent us an email oh, a couple weeks ago i believe it was maybe three weeks ago um 
saying he's been listening to the podcast and he is actually, I'm sure you've heard it in the last episode or two. I know I've mentioned it. He models one inch scale. Um, so those that are, uh, those of you that are new to the hobby and those that maybe aren't new, but don't know, it's basically one inch of model equals one foot. So yeah, that's getting into the big stuff. So, um, so let's all welcome Eric, Eric, welcome to the show. Hey Gary, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be on. Uh, we're, we're excited to have you here. Um, so, and, and, and you not only model one inch scale, but you are an actual model or you're an actual real life railroader and you have your own YouTube channel too, right? Uh, yes, sir. That is correct. Uh, been, uh, locomotive engineer for about the past 28 years and um, been in the railroad industry for uh, a little over 30 years. Um, so it's uh, railroading's pretty much in my blood, been a uh, railroad enthusiast ever since I could remember. Uh, back in 1977, my mom and dad got me my first train set um, for Christmas and um, grew up in Gillsburg, Illinois. And they happened to build their house in 1975 next to the uh, Burlington Northern Yards. So uh, I woke up every day seeing trains. So it became something that was in my blood. So uh, it's going to be that way till the day I pass. So what you're saying is, is you somewhat like trains then? <laughs> yeah, just, you know, kind of, sort of. <laughs> so, um, so your current scale you, that you're modeling is one inch scale. I know you had said uh, in, I believe it was your email and, um, and actually on your YouTube channel, you've, you've done, um, you know, all the other scales, you know, N, H, O, O. Um, I guess in your, in your own words, um, what did you find before we get into the one inch scale? What did you find, like, say, uh, in those, say, we'll stick with those three scales, N, H, O, and O. What were, give, give us uh, one favorite thing about each one of those scales. Well, uh, most of what I've done in the past, up until probably, I'll probably the early 2000s, most everything I did was an HO scale. Um, I had some end scale that I acquired just be, because over the years, as things got better and you go into a hobby shop and we're like, wow, that's really neat. So maybe I would just buy a piece of end scale just to have it. But I've done a lot of collecting over the years. I've been involved in some railroad clubs and various places around the country that I've lived. But uh, to say that I have my own actual railroad um, would uh would really not not be a true statement just because uh i've probably done more collecting but like i said when i've lived in bigger areas i was involved in clubs and things like that and um so but ho skills mostly what i did as if you're going to say that i was uh what was i most involved with uh growing up from being a kid through my teenage years and uh, into probably my 30s you know it was mostly ho scale um however back in the early 2000s um i actually discovered g scale at g 129th scale and uh really got interested in that um and actually one of the first things that really blew me away about it 
there was a company called Aristocraft, which uh, I believe has actually since gone out of business, but they uh, they had an SD45 that they came out with. And I happened to be in a hobby shop uh, in Peoria, Illinois, which was about well, 45 minutes to an hour from where I lived in Galesburg at mm-hmm. the time. And uh, I saw this SD for this Union Pacific SD45, like wow this is absolutely incredible though so, yeah i walked out of that hobby shop with that sd45 and uh i was just just blown away by the detail on it and before you know it uh i just really got into the g-scale stuff and primarily because uh when i was in my teens uh i met a really good uh friend of mine uh who uh named bill nelson and we're still friends you know man what 30 40 some years later and um he uh really opened my eyes to what you could do with modeling uh especially when it came to um uh different things you know like detailing and custom painting and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so i i really uh got into that and uh with the HO scale stuff. And then when I got into the G scale, I thought, well, this stuff is even bigger, man. Imagine what, how much easier it would be to detail and do some things with this stuff. So because it was bigger, I, I started to gravitate towards the G scale and then kind of curved off on the HO stuff. So I guess my thing is that every time I, I would graduate to another scale it's usually going in the bigger direction so which uh which eventually led me you know to the one inch scale in uh, 2017 oh wow yeah i uh i did years ago i did uh i I was mainly ho but i like you had the opportunity to get into g scale so i you know the locomotive i had was just a little switcher and i don't know i had like a flat car a box car i think a tanker and a caboose but I was actually um, looking or working on buying track. I mean, I had lots of, uh, a decent amount of track. I was going to put it out in front of the house and that kind of thing. But, you know, life happened and and ended up getting rid of all that along with my HO stuff. So, which I kind of regret or I, I not kind of, I do regret because I think it'd be, I, I like the big scale, um, you know, above O scale as well, because like you said, the detail, I mean, you could really get, a lot of detail in G scale. And then, you know, you, like you said, you're into one inch scale, the detail, um, you know, that you would be able to put into that would be just uh, unreal. Oh yeah. It it's, and, and that's the thing that I've got to be careful with sometimes because I, you know, as that saying, go big or go home. And I like to go big, but then sometimes I have to realize like, okay, yeah, just how big do I want to go? Because then if I try to get too technical with things, then it becomes a nightmare because, you know, you're trying to stay consistent with everything. So there, there's times that you got to think like, all right, is, you know, is this stuff, is this skill that I've been big enough for me to add this detail when I'm having to bend wire for, you know, grab irons or handrails or or just other various details, piping, you know, is this doable? Can I handle this? And that's what makes it a lot easier 
in a scale like one inch scale as opposed to some of the stuff that I was doing in HO scale. And uh, as I'm pushing 50, uh, the eyes aren't as as good anymore to uh, try to do some of that super detailing work like I used to do in HO scale. Yep. Uh, Well, and that's where um, I think I've said that before in earlier episodes, you know, uh, same thing for me. I was at the beginning of building my railroad, I was thinking of switching to end scale just so I could get more. And I'm like, nope, my, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm not that far from 50 and, and yeah, my, my eyes are the same way. They're not like they used to be. So yeah, I'll stick with HO. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us how, how did you, I guess, how did you get into one inch scale? Well, uh, back in, so 2017, um, a friend of mine uh, uh, named Marty, who lives in uh, Nebraska City, uh, Nebraska, uh, he, uh, well, he's actually one of the main reasons I got into G-Skill as heavily as I did. Um, and uh, he was real encouraging about about that. And But uh, he uh, just happened to find out about this club in uh, a place called Goner, Nebraska, which is probably about oh uh 25 minute drive from lincoln nebraska and uh just uh west of lincoln nebraska in fact on i-80 and uh anyway he invited me you know to uh come to a run session a public run session that this club was having so i thought okay well hey let's let, let me go so myself and my wife and two kids we went out there and I was just blown away by what I saw. Like, wow, you know, look at all these steam engines and, you know, just look at how big this stuff is. Like, wow, this is really cool. Now, of course, one inch scale is not as popular as like the inch and a half scale, uh, which is, you know, inch and a half equals one foot of the prototype. Mm-hmm. If you set one, uh, one inch scale and inch and a half scale next to each other, you can see a noticeable difference in size. Oh, I'm but, sure. But the one thing that I like about one inch scale is the fact that it's big, it's still heavy, but it's not so bad that I have a difficult time um, and like having to have a special vehicle or a special trailer, you know, to trailer all my stuff to the club. Uh, so it's so that part of it I like. But uh, but anyway, let me uh, get back to instead of getting ahead of myself here. But um, so. We we checked out this club. Uh, it's called the Chippewa and Northwestern uh, Railway. It's the name of the club. And uh, so I just uh, I was just really blown away by this stuff. Like, wow, this is really neat. Like, look at the size of this stuff. And of course, as I said earlier about how I went from HO scale to G scale. Well, it was something bigger. It's something that I can really get my hands on this. This this is big enough to really add detail. And uh, I remember uh, there was a gentleman there that I'll uh, always be, uh, you know, forever grateful to. But a gentleman named Steve in the club who uh, uh, sat and talked with me because I I was just mesmerized and I had so many questions. And he sat there and answered all of my questions. He showed me equipment that he had. And I was just really impressed by what he had done. And and so as soon as I got home all of a sudden the wheels start turning 
how can I build stuff like this? Now, a lot of the stuff that these people were running, it was older era stuff. Like I said, steam or maybe early diesel. Uh, some of the cars they were running were like old, uh, uh, like ice reefers and 40 foot box cars and things like that. But, and I'm a modern guy, but nonetheless, even if I could just, take one of those cars or, or just, and scale it up and build something, you know, that was one of the things that just got me excited about the whole concept. And, uh, so a lot of those guys, uh, model with model and steel, which is a far, uh, the far other end of the spectrum, you know, from, you know, plastic model and <laughs> HO scale, but I have very little metal skills. I think the last time, I had worked with metal, at least up until that point, uh, was probably back in eighth grade shop class. <laughs> so I had, had no skills at all. So what I ended up uh, doing is thinking, well, I, I do have some skills when it comes to wood, even though I haven't really done much with wood in a while. But, you know, why not just give this a shot? Just see what happens. Sure. So I... I started thinking, I actually went and bought a, I think an HO scale, uh, wood, uh, a wood, uh, I think it was a stock car actually that I bought. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I thought, what can I do to scale this up? Well, then the more I started thinking about it, like, well, I'm a modern guy and I didn't see anything modern at that club. What about if I actually build something modern? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So I got the idea. I actually started with two cars. Uh, I actually decided I was going to do a 50-foot uh, Wisconsin Central gondola. And I was also going to do a 50-foot uh, uh, high-cube boxcar. Oh, okay. So I started working on these two things. And uh, my friend Marty, who I mentioned earlier, uh, who's actually a carpenter, he actually cut some sides for me, you know, for the, uh, the size of each of the cars. And mm -hmm. so I actually got the basic things together and, uh, but the Wisconsin central gone was the first one that I finished. And, uh, I was just like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. I actually did this. Wow. This is great. And at that point, uh, it just, um, I, I just, started taking off with it and really never looked back. Oh, wow. So now in, in that scale, you know, obviously H O O and all that, you know, we can, you know, you can go to a hobby shop or either go to a hobby shop or go online and order from a hobby shop, say like the track or, right. you know, trucks and with wheels and stuff like that. I am pretty sure you probably can't do that with one inch scale, but where I, I'm sure there's suppliers out there. So like, where would one go or, you know, well, as a prime example, you know, you built your first rail car. Where, so where would one go if they want to, you know, build their first rail car, but they want to set it on a piece of track? So, uh, you know, where would a person start, I guess? Well, I don't really have any experience, like, as far as actually buying track, because uh, once I decided I was going to become a member of the club, you know, that basically pays my way to have tracks to run on. Oh, okay. but, now, but as far as uh, like you were mentioning, like the trucks and the couplers and things like that, there's actually a company in uh, upstate New York that I deal with called uh, Dispatch and uh, Dispatch uh, 
model train supplies. And that's what they specialize in. It's uh, a son, a father and son uh, that have this as a side business, but they uh, they actually uh, manufacture, you know, the wheels, the trucks, couplers um, and all sorts of different detail parts for um, for, you know, just about anything you want to do. And so, but there are a few suppliers out there. And, and one of the things that I found that it it is kind of hard to, um, to get, uh, uh, to get much information about this stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that I've found and I've done just by trial and error, but, um, but dispatch is one of maybe two, maybe three, uh, suppliers of like trucks and couplers and things like that. But, uh, for my liking, you know, they're the guys that I go to. Uh, I like, you know, the products that they put out and, uh, and primarily it's, yeah, trucks and couplers that I buy from them. However, uh, I'll also buy things like air hoses. I've bought, uh, door latches, uh, for like a couple of cabooses that I've done. And so, um, anytime I need something, those are the guys that I go to now, mm-hmm. Uh, as far as cost wise, yeah, it's a little bit, uh, it, it's probably cost prohibitive for a lot of people because, uh, I, it's been a long time since I've bought a set of KD couplers and HO scale, but I remember right. going back to my teenage years, um, maybe it was like, and I'm probably dating myself here, but maybe it was like three ninety five for, uh, uh, a little envelope of, Katie couplers enough to do two cars. Right. You know, and so it's like, okay, you know, that was pretty reasonable and I'm not sure what they are now, but, um, when it comes to buying a set of couplers from these guys, uh, it's about 60 bucks for a pair of couplers. Sure. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, they're the detail on these things is just absolutely beautiful. And I mean, they look and operate just like, you know, a real set of couplers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the trucks that I use, they're probably upwards of about uh, two and a half to three hundred dollars for a pair of, of trucks. Yeah. So obviously this isn't something that, oh, well, you know, you're going to have this you know big railroad like, oh, I'm going to go to the hobby shop and I'm going to buy, you know, maybe five, six, seven, eight, ten cars of a a run that say uh, Athern's coming out with or you know, uh, or, you know, exact rail or, you know, whoever, you know, whichever sure. model manufacturer you go to. Uh, yeah, it's not as easy to uh, acquire as many things, but, uh, but as I get older, I just love the fact that I can build something and I can see it and I can, you know, admire that one piece. Sure. Well, and, and so the episode that um, I actually just, I recorded today, <clears throat> uh, which will be episode 17 that comes out this Saturday. Um, well, by the time people are listening to this, you, it'll already have came out, but, uh, I was talking, uh, uh, about being a modeler and, you know, or, you know, us being, or being people thinking we're like scavengers or, or, or recyclers or, you know, collectors of, of not so common model railroad stuff, but, you know, talking about, you don't always have to, even in regular HO, you know, O scale, N scale, you don't always have to stick with going to, you know, the hobby shop and buying, you know, certain things, you know, if you just look around, you can use, you know, scrap metal to make uh, steel loads, or you can, 
you know, there's lots of things out there that you can use that are traditionally not geared towards model road model railroading, but you can use it and it might save you some money. And I would imagine doing one inch scale with, with, um, you know, with, with the limited availability of parts, you probably have to be like that with an open mind all the time looking for stuff like how, you know, if let's say you out for your uh, flat car, you want to do coil loads. So, well, you know, you're probably looking all the time to what am I going to use to make that coil to, for the load or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And it's funny you mentioned that. And, uh, and by the way, I'm, hopefully you're not getting too, too much interference in the background here. I'm actually uh, sitting at work. Uh, so I'm actually sitting next to a main line here and there's a grain train going by me. It's so I, I don't know if you can, I've, I'm sitting in my car with my windows up here, but hopefully uh, you're not really hearing that or getting any interference from that. But uh, oh, you're all right. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned a, uh, uh, you know, coil cars. Uh, I actually have a car that I I started doing it. It's actually a kind of a modern uh, coil car that I, I think it's a style that came out probably within the last couple of years uh, that uh, Greenbrier uh, makes. And which is one of the funny things about being a railroader is the fact that I can be sitting on a train sometimes and uh, maybe I'm sitting at a depot or, or something like that. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, another train comes by and, uh, Oh, wow. Look at that weird looking car, man. I've never seen that before. And so I'll quickly grab my pen and I'll write down the car number and then I'll go online, you know, to uh, like, um, uh, uh, RR Picture Archives is one uh, site that I like going to to try to find pictures of uh, you know different things. So if I see something, get the reporting marks, the car, you know, the the initials, the car number, and then try to see if I can find that, and sure. then uh, see you know find as many pictures as I can, get some ideas on measurements, you know, and, and if it's something that I'm really interested in, then I'll start building it. Uh, well, anyway, uh, this was the case with uh, a Union Pacific coil car that uh, I had seen uh, in Omaha, Nebraska one day. And uh, like, wow, that's so cool. Maybe, and I, I think I'm going to try to build that. And I, I built the, the, the car itself. I built the, the coil cover for it but i thought if i take that cover off because you know i mean let's just face it that's one of the things we find cool with modeling hey let's take the cover off and hey look at the coils underneath it right look at the surprise you know in the box and so i'm thinking well how am i going to make uh coil rolls out of this and make them look convincing Mm -hmm. so i had actually tried using like some big pvc pipes and you know tried to um you know, figure out some kind of a way to, to make the rolls, but to make them look convincing. And that is one of the things that happens that sometimes you can't always figure it out right away. So that project kind of goes to the back burner. So that car is actually still sitting down in my basement. So maybe one of these days I'll either make the decision that, okay, I'll put more effort into figuring out how to make some really good coil loads, or it's just not going to have any loads at all, but it's just going to be the car. Um, and I think that, um, and hopefully I'm not deviating too far here from the original question, but I, I think that one of the things that uh, modelers can easily get frustrated with is 
that I can't figure out how to do this. So they think, well, if I can't go, if I can't go all the way, well, then we're just going to go nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And I've been guilty of that many times that to where I just put a project aside because, well, I can't figure the whole, the whole story out at one time. And, you know, it's just like anything, you know, an author who writes a book, you know, you, you don't uh, have the whole story written, you know, from the first stroke of the pen. So it all takes time, you know, to come up with you with what you're doing. But then once you do, you know, figure it out, that light bulb goes on like, ah, this is how I can do it. And then you do it. Then there's this great deal of satisfaction. So uh, but I also get bored sometimes, too. So I'll start on something. And then if I hit a plateau, well, then I'll either go back to another project that I previously started or I'll start something new. So hence why my basement's got several projects that still need to be finished. Right. I know I, I, uh, last time I was modeling, you know, which has been 15, I don't know, 13 to 15 years ago, I was that same way. You know, I'd, you know, I, I had all my track work done on that layout, but you know, I was working on building cars and, you know, or, or doing scenery. Well, you get tired of doing scenery. Well, I'll build this car. I'll do this project. And yeah, I, before you know it, I, I had like 15 projects sitting there and it's like, Oh, then you get overwhelmed. Like, uh, you know, what do I go back to? So but yes. the biggest thing is, is, you know, as long as you, you, you know, even if you don't get back to it, the biggest thing is, are you having fun doing it? You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely, you know, the one thing that I, I can say is really joyous is when I'm doing something and I have figured something out. And especially in this one inch scale, because I guess one of the ways I look at it when I did the G scale um, and also when I got into the one inch scale is that, I mean, we all have and I think this is something that you've stressed on the podcast and in uh, previous episodes that everybody is different. You know, I guess the, the number one thing, it's my railroad. Yep. How do I want to do this? How is this going to make me happy? And so. As far as saying what makes me happy is I want to build something that maybe not everybody else has. I want to be unique in what I do. And that's one of the reasons why I got into this uh, this facet of the hobby, because I can build something that probably maybe chances are nobody else has. And I'm the only one that's built this. Or if somebody else has built it, it's there's only a handful of people that have attempted to do something like this. But Mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned, my YouTube channel, um, I'm working on a Santa Fe GP 60 M. And I one of the things that is real exciting to me is that I, I joke with people and I say, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing or if I come up with something, you know, like, hey, not bad for a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. But, you know, the reality is it's not I, I I'm joking and I'm half serious about it because I'm attempting something that I have never done before. And mm-hmm. but when I figure something out, it just puts this big the biggest smile on my face because, wow, I've I've figured something out. You know, I've yep. I've I've come to the next step that's going to keep this project going and it might still take me several more months to complete it but every step is a step forward towards the goal and and so that's something that i i find that's cool and i think that there are still people a lot of people that you know maybe they're thinking like well you know one inch scale that big ride on stuff that's not really for me i'm happy with my railroad in the basement 
bringing the guys over, having an operating session. And that's great, too. And I love, you know, getting invites to you know stuff like that every now and then. And I have just as much fun doing that. So there's just all different aspects of the hobby that one can get into. Uh, like I said, the big stuff is just what I I love doing and it intimidates and scares a lot of people away. But that's one of the reasons why I started um, uploading videos on my YouTube channel about this this GP60M build, because like me, I never saw much information on this big stuff. And I, I wanted to find out more. What are other people doing? How are they doing it? And I couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, you know, if I put stuff out on on YouTube and use my social media to kind of spread my knowledge, um, you know, people will hopefully, you know, the channel will grow, you know, as more and more people find it and hopefully they find interest in it. And even if it's not something they're going to do, but it provides the entertainment that, okay, well, I'm going to kind of live through this guy and see how he's building this project. And I want to see more pictures and I want to see the progress of what he's doing, then that's great. I love being able to share that with others. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, folks, if you're, uh, if you're interested in his YouTube channel, um, it is under war bonds, W A R B O N D S look them up. Um, but yeah, I've been watching, uh, trying to get through all your videos. Um, I, even the ones where you recorded years ago, you know, from inside the cab of locomotives, just the, and that, and, you know, with you, your new project of, uh, showing the, uh, the GP 60 that you're building either way, it's, uh, it's, it's, I like the videos, especially the, like the ones where, you know, from back in the day when you were in the, in the cab, because it gives people that otherwise may never get to see the inside of a locomotive. They get to kind of see what it's like you know, being in a locomotive, but then, you know, that your other video, he's, you know, like you said, you're uploading videos of your build for the GP 60. Um, you know, it, it, it keeps your attention, especially if, you know, you're say a model like me, I'm, you know, I'm the indoor modeler. Yeah. I've dabbled in G scale, but, but I've always actually had an interest in the larger scales outside of, you know, larger than G scale. Um, sure. But probably know or knowing that I probably won't ever get into that just because time, you know, and, and space and stuff. But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, your YouTube channel, I mean, I think is, uh, not only is it fun to watch, um, you know, to, and, 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 but it's also informative too. Sure. Well, and you know, um, I guess there, there's several things that, um, have come to mind, but I, I wanted to even say thank you to you because, um, one of the, as far as the content on my channel, um, was as far as like, uh, the, the video podcast series that I'm starting on this GP 60 M build. Um, initially I had reached out, uh, to a model magazine and, um, I had spoken with the editor and, uh, I said, you know, I know that typically you guys don't do anything other than, you know, the normal stuff, the HO, the N scale, O scale, but I said, you know, would you be interested in maybe seeing some of the stuff that I'm doing? Yeah. You know, that, that could be something that, uh, we could do as a novelty article, just, uh, kind of, uh, you know, show a different side of the hobby. 
Well, unfortunately, well, I don't know if it's unfortunate, you know, life happens, everything is meant to happen for a reason. But um, when I tried to reach back out that, hey, I'm serious you know, about wanting to do this. Well, I never got a response. Uh, several calls and uh, things never got returned. So I thought, OK, you know, no big deal. Um, I'm not going to get mad about it because uh, there's other ways to do things and other ways to share my experiences or, you know, and share the things I'm going through. So, um, and another friend of mine had talked to me about, you know, the fact that he's got a business where he sells plants and, uh, and he's gotten really involved with it. And, you know, his business has really taken off and he's talked about using the social media. And it was shortly after that, that I heard your channel or heard your podcast and, uh, I and as a matter of fact, uh, the first episode that I listened to was uh, the one that was called uh, "What Kind of Modeler Are You?" And uh, okay. it's like, and so at that point, I'm like, "Wow, this is this is really cool." And just you know, the fact that you're a new podcast and your courage to come out and do this and share information and your enthusiasm really gave me more energy to say, you know what, I'm going to do the same thing too. I'm going to. I'm going to grow my channel. I'm going to just put more out there and, and see how it takes off. And uh, so I, I really appreciate, you know, the, you know, your encouragement to me, you know, whether you, you knew it or not, you know, this is um, kind of what really led you and I to be talking right now. Right. right. Well, but, I mean, I appreciate the kind words. Oh, but well, my pleasure. You know, it's like you said, we're all about supporting each other. And uh, I appreciate the kind words about the other things that um, you said about the other content that I've uploaded, because, uh, you know, I, for years I've had uh, some of this old footage, you know, just sitting in boxes, you know, old VHS or eight millimeter uh, mm-hmm. movies and just had them sitting in boxes. And one of the things that I like doing some of my buddies that are, you know, either fellow modelers or, or their other railroaders themselves. And, um, I wanted to share some of this stuff, but well, when you've got, uh, an hour of footage, you know, on a cab ride or something like that, well, it's not something that you can really text to somebody or right. send them in an email. And then I thought, well, why don't I just use my YouTube channel? You know, I actually developed a channel just, you know, so I could watch other things, but Hey, you've got the ability to up, upload your own stuff, and so it's really cool how you know I uh, I think I I don't quite have 800 followers, but you know still you know uh, 700 and some followers that are looking at my content like wow this is really cool these are you know people that are really interested in what I'm sharing and so it's it's so cool that I can be able to share that because yeah these days like there's federal laws and regulations that. Uh, definitely prohibit that stuff you know from happening ever again so unless you um are able to sign something and get an act of congress you know to pass uh you know waiver saying that you know somebody under special circumstances able to do this you know otherwise yeah you you're not going to see that happening uh, like it used to but right um that that's one of the things about railroading that was you know it was just a lot of things were so fun and so carefree back then. I mean, we were still safe in what we were doing, but you know, we came to work and we had fun. We got the trains across the road. So I'm glad that I can still, you know, be able to share that. And especially in some of the things that, you know, you're looking at, like to see like an SD40 or uh, 
or a, a Burlington Northern SD70 Mac or something like that when these were brand new engines. And mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, people, you know, see like an old faded VN SD70 Mac and say like, oh, wow, look at that. You know, it's almost like, you know, digging up gold, you know, when, when they see one of these on a trade and, oh. and just, but the fact that, wow, how long ago has it been since those were delivered brand new? And so that's even kind of getting into that era, you know, with like my GP60M, you know, and that's, you know, that was the stuff that I saw as a teenager and the stuff that excited me. So, so therefore, that's some of the stuff that I want to still recreate because, uh, unfortunately, you know, there's not as much variety these days as there used to be. No. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, kind of cut out there a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, you're absolutely right, though. There's not a lot, you know, variety it, it, as much as there used to be anyways. So, right. Um, so lost my list here. There we go. Um, so I guess the final question I had for one inch scale is, um, I obviously the steam locomotives I've seen, uh, um, on videos and in forums and stuff, they actually, most of them actually do use coal fired and stuff. So on obviously well, I guess not, obviously. So with your SD60M that you're building. Um, G- GP60. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, GP60. <laughs> um, uh, well, I was stick, stuck in my head because you were talking about the SDs in your uh, old videos. Right, right. I, I know I threw a lot at you there. <laughs> but your GP60M, um, first of all, uh, first part of the question is, what, I guess, how are you going to power that? Is it going to be an actual fuel powered or is it going to be electric powered and secondly like we have in the smaller scales we have dcc or dc that kind of thing or even radio control um is that would you use radio control to control that yeah so well to answer your your first question um yeah the um uh the locomotive is actually going to be powered uh it's electric powered so I actually have four batteries, four 12-volt batteries, but all I actually need is two. So in order to combine uh, uh, combine two 12-volt batteries into 24 volts. Sure. So the actual traction motors uh, for this locomotive, it's actually got four, um, but the motors are actually uh, like, you know the, old, the Rascal scooters? Yeah. You know that, okay, well, so basically, yeah, that's what's powering. Each sure. axle has one of these mo- motors on there. And I know it, it surprises a lot of people when they think that out of all things, you know, a, you know, a, a rascal scooter motor but uh, or a wheelchair motor. But when you sit there and think about the fact that, okay, if, you know, somebody, uh, you know, that, you know, has a medical reason for using one of these and, you know, and people, you know, come in all shapes and sizes and weights nope. and everything. Well, uh, when you think about the fact that this locomotive, when I have it at the club, uh, I will eventually use it to hook on some riding cars and mm-hmm. I'll pull people around the layout. So even let's say I've got, you know, three or four riding cars and maybe you put, um, 
you know, uh, if it's fully loaded, you put three people uh, on each car. So if you've got four cars, well, you know, there's 12 people. And as we said, various shapes and sizes, but there's still going to be a lot of weight. But, you know, that locomotive, you know, will be able to pull it because it's going to have, you know, those motors are are strong to begin with. But then also, as I continue to build this locomotive, there's going to be more things that are going to weigh this thing down. So this engine is probably going to be upwards of 400 pounds when it's all said and done. So, you know, therefore, that's a lot of weight, you know on the wheels that's going to be able to help it gain the traction to be able to walk right out of a, of a station, you know, with a load full of people. So, uh, so that's, you know, one of the cool things about this stuff that, you know, the fact that we can ride on this to begin with, but then, you know, the amount of people that you can pull. So, uh, so yeah, it is, uh, going to be, you know, electrically powered and, um, uh, so I, I'm really, you know, looking forward to that aspect of, uh, you know, just, you know, being able to share this even with, you know, people that can sit there and look at it and say, wow, you know, that's a red, red and silver. Wow. That's a really neat paint job. So uh, I'm sure it'll be enjoyed by so many people, but I'm, and I'm so sorry. I, as I got into that explanation, uh, what was the second part of your oh, question? Yeah. I was just wondering, um, on a diesel locomotive like that. Um, so you obviously, uh, you said you're going to be running, it's going to be electric, electrically powered, not fuel powered. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. What kind of control system or how do you control that? You know, like we have in the smaller scales, you know, DCC, DC, and there is even some radio control, um, for like G scale. Is that kind of the same thing? Is it radio control or is it like hands-on controls, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I actually have a system in there. It's uh, there's a company called Ride Trains. Uh, I believe they're based out of Utah, and a friend of mine uh, who is actually helping me um, in some different. He was the one that actually uh, knows the gentleman who uh, runs Ride Trains, and he suggested that I uh, maybe take this this board on. So it's a uh, basically a circuit board that um you know has everything that you need in order to be able to run the the power from the batteries you know through that board out to the individual traction motors plus you know it'll have so i I think much like a a large-scale dcc board essentially uh so you'll be able to have connections that go to this board that control your headlights uh there's also a, a tsunami uh sound card in there that uh you know will be able to uh run the sound and uh if um so yeah if your listeners uh do uh check out my my uh youtube page uh i know on the part one of of this build series uh i did splice in uh a video a couple videos of the day that we actually put the electronics you know to the locomotive just to even hear what that sounds sound unit would do and initially you know when we turned it on well i heard the sound of like a gp9 and i'm like no 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 this is not gonna do well then we you know went through the programming until we finally found the sound of a 710 uh prime mover you know that would be that would be your sd uh your your sd60s g gp60s and uh 
uh, SD70s, you know, anything, you know, pretty much beyond a GP60 had that that unique sounding uh, prime mover. Sure. And uh, so we, uh, but there's a a handheld controller that is that is tethered to the locomotive. Now that's the way we have it set up right now. However, as time goes on, one of the things I would like to do is to have some kind of a wireless system to go with it. And I think that that is something that, you know, is very doable. I've talked to some other manufacturers. Um, I was at a, actually at a train show, a big train show in Deschler, Nebraska, um, about a month ago. And I got to talk to some manufacturers, uh, like from Soundtracks, uh, Colorado and, uh, saw some of their displays of how they were using iPads, you know, to run oh, yeah. HO scale models, you know, and I'm thinking, this is so cool. Well, if you guys can do this in HO scale, I would love to be able to do this in the one inch scale. So I'm hoping that as I get this thing, you know, closer to completion and it starts looking way more like a locomotive, then maybe I can actually reach out to some of these manufacturers and say, okay, Hey, this is what I've got. Uh, what's your idea on this? How can we, integrate your system with mine you know and and see if there's a possibility of that because that would be you know so cool to be able to you know run something like this off of my phone or an ipad or something well and not to mention to be much more simpler you know when you're setting up and you know you're at a show you know it's one less piece of equipment you got to worry about yes exactly exactly and you know that's pretty cool when you can actually you know let's say you have it set up you know at a you know i have a display set up at a trading show and you know, I can be just kind of blending into the crowd and people are walking by and looking at this locomotive and uh, and just from a distance, you know, I can you know do things with the sound or, or just blow the horn or something, you know, and just kind of give them that little element of surprise. You know, so oh. that, that would be really cool. But plus, I mean, I don't always want to be sitting on it, you know, and um, so if I'm, you know at the train club or, and it's on the railroad, you know, I mean, let's face it, you know, one of the things that we love, whether you're in HO scale or, you know, you're in G scale, you're in one inch scale. What's the one thing we love to do, even if it's an HO scale locomotive, well, we like to bend down and we, we want to get that ground perspective of that yep. train coming at you. And that's something that I want to be able to do, you know, is have a way to control it. And, uh, you know, just maybe, you know, have have a camera or something to be able to get run bys and kind of get some realistic you know videos of this thing in operation so you know that's that's something to kind of get that rail fan perspective that hey you know i'm i'm rail fanning here on my own railroad right right yep i think that's what a a lot of modelers do they you know that that i think that's whether they want to admit it or not that is part of the reason why we do this hobby is we want to be able to rail fan our own layout or our own workings whenever we want. Yes, exactly. So. And, 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 you know, the one thing, um, too, that, uh, I, I take a lot of pride in is when I finish a, a model. So I'm building one of my wood cars and I've shared some pictures with you that, uh, you've uploaded on your Facebook page as well. And one of the things that I love doing and, and my, my two, my son and daughter really love it that when dad finishes a car and I say, all right, we're going to go out to the train club, you know, by ourselves and 
they they act as my switch engines so they right. so i'll i'll set the car on the railroad and i'll get down on the ground and try to get a perspective and and get the background you know a good background and and shoot these different pictures and okay all right guys let's move it to the next spot you know and they'll push it for me and like okay stop hit here's a good spot you know and uh, i shoot pictures well then um so i get all these pictures so then what what becomes funny is that I have this collection of pictures in my phone and I've I remember, you know, on more than one occasion, uh, I'm talking to somebody that I've I've never met before. And uh, so uh, I still yeah, I I, uh, you know, I'm in the one scale or maybe I could even be at the club and I'm talking to somebody that who's maybe an associate member that, you know, they pay dues and they're they support the club, but they're. You know, they live far away, so they maybe only show up once, you know, in a blue moon. Sure. Uh, so I remember this particular day I'm talking uh, with this young guy and and he's probably in his 20s. And and uh, I said, um, yeah, I build cars out of wood. And he kind of gave me this funny look like uh, you build cars out of wood. Like, yeah. And it was almost like the guy got uncomfortable as if I'm like maybe. <laughs> like you know just taking chunks of wood and just trying to build something that maybe vaguely resembles a train so right. it, it almost seemed like he wanted to get away from me like hey, this guy's kind of weird so i said yeah hold on let me let me show you in my phone and uh i'll pull out a pull, uh, pull the phone out and i'll get a good picture of one of my cars and uh and all of a sudden the you know guy looks at it like wait a minute that's wood yeah, that's a wood car. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, oh, this guy is truly serious about what he does. <laughs> like, right. he, you know, and and so and that's the cool thing, because like, all right, now you see this picture. So kind of going back to what we were saying, the rail fanning aspect of it, like, yeah, it looks real. That's the way I wanted to compose the picture to make it look real. And on the car itself, I wanted to put as much detail as I could, because I wanted you to sit there and think like, wait a minute, is, is this real? Like, no, this can't be real. No, is, is it real or is it a model? I, you know, right. I want to, I want to give them that, that opportunity, you know, to kind of have that brain teaser, like, okay, is this real or not? And, and I remember years and years ago as uh, I was probably maybe about nine years old and my mom bought me this railroad model craftsman magazine. And I remember, and I can still see this picture in my head today, um, but it was a, a CB&Q uh, F unit, and uh, and I think like maybe uh, like a red GP40 or something like that. And these two trains were sitting side by side, and uh, I remember looking at that that picture and like, is this real? And for for the longest time, this, you know, my little kid brain, you know, it, it took me the longest time to realize, no, that's just a model. And later on, as I got a little bit more savvy about things, what gave it away were the, you know, the rail joiners that, oh. that were in it. And in some ways, the lack of ballast. But they sure. had shot this picture on a diorama outside. 
So, and therefore, it looked real because well, it's outside. It, it's got to be real. But so that's one of the, the things that I thought was so cool, you know, that modelers even back then were doing is, you know, putting their dioramas outside and, you know, just trying to get that real that realism, you know, out of their photographs. And and that's the thing that is so cool to be able to do, you know, in the one inch scale, because, well, everything does have to be outside. Right. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Eric, for coming on to our show. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I, I, I was just ex- excited uh, to talk with you and uh, as, as you were to, to talk to me. So this has been wonderful. And uh, I hope that uh, your listeners and enjoy this and, uh, and uh, have as much enjoyment as I've had being able to talk to you and share you know, my story and information. And uh, I, I certainly appreciate what you're doing as well with this podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was it was nice having you on. And, and I think the information that you gave out, uh, it gives people another option than the typical standard scales, you know. Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, and like I said, not to say and, and I think you've said this before, too, that you know, and there's all sorts of different scales. So, you know, not, there's certainly not just one size fits all, but I think that I, and I've talked to guys too, that have said, uh, you know, I would, uh, they see some of my work and, you know, I don't, wouldn't have a place to run it. That would just be so cool just to have a piece, you know, like that in my house, just, you know, sitting somewhere at my house. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that I kind of do it. And thankfully my wife has been gracious enough that, you know, if I'm working on something uh, at times like, uh, well, sorry, hon, there's a <laughs> there, yeah. there's a, uh, you know, a 60 pound box car, you know, uh, sitting on a table, you know, in the living room or sitting on the dining room table for a second while I, you know, do some work on it. So right. she's been really cool and supportive of that. So my, my whole family has. And that's that's been a wonderful thing that you know, we've all been able to share the hobby together. That's awesome. So. <laughs> All right, Eric. Well, I want to thank you for being on and hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, well, definitely. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still trying to work on, you know, doing, uh, it's kind of slow progress on this GP 60, but, you know, certainly if people check out my YouTube channel, you know, I, I intend to, uh, you know, keep things going and hopefully keep it interesting for people and show them a different perspective of, you know, what else is out there. And, and, uh, I definitely like to be that kind of person that's open and, and, uh, enthusiastic about sharing anything and everything that I can with, with people to, you know, educate them on what else is, is out there because it's, everybody, uh, needs to have a shot at, uh, you know, being able to enjoy the fun and, and learning about different facets of the hobby. And there you have it, folks, another listener interview i I, i'm really you know when i first did the first one with benjamin and then even starting the the interview with uh uh eric here you know i gotta say i you know i'm i'm slightly nervous yeah you know we're we're at what episode 18 already you know that you're listening to this on but um you know there's just that unknown you know how is the person going to respond and stuff and both these guys have done great um so, but yeah, check out Eric's uh, YouTube page. It's under War Bonds, W-A-R-B-O-N-D-S. Like we had uh, brought up in 
the uh, interview, he has, he, well, he's starting the podcast, I guess, uh, video podcast. Um, he's creating a segment, uh, or not a segment, I don't know what he wants, series, I guess is a better term, um, on doing his one inch scale, uh, like uh, starting out with doing the, the GP60. Um, I got it right that time, Eric, uh, when we were talking, um, I don't remember if it was recorded or not, but, uh, I had said SD 60, but it was actually a GP 60. Um, but he's starting that and I'm actually looking forward to watching more. Um, I've already watched the first, first one that he's done. Um, actually I've watched all his videos. Um, but I also, if, if you're interested in what it's like, I should say what it was like back in the day of riding in some of these locomotives and what the engineers and the, and the, um, you know, the, the workers do, um, check out his, his videos. Um, he's got some several good videos that he has recorded, um, you know, inside different locomotives and, and it's just, it's, it's a really, really cool thing just to watch. So, um, yeah, jump on over there on YouTube, look them up war bonds and give them a like subscribe um also if you would like while you're over there go to model railroad talk on youtube and give us a like and subscribe because once we hit 50 we can start doing live um also check us out on uh tiktok we are getting close we still have a little ways but um we're sitting at about 250 or i'm sorry 750 right now uh subscribers were or followers whatever they are called they're called so many different things on different platforms um but on tiktok once we hit a thousand we'll be able to go live we are currently in the process of uh getting a video camera set up and hopefully by the time we hit those um those marks where we can actually go live um hopefully we'll have a a newer video camera or a new video camera that can shoot in 4k. That's what we're looking for. So, um, but anyways, reach out to us model railroad talk at gmail.com. Uh, go to our, our website, www.modelrailroadtalk.com. There is a form there you can fill out. Um, we also have a blog on there and something that we are in the process of creating on there. Um, I haven't had a chance to work with it a lot yet, but we are trying to set up, uh, like a forum, um, uh, basically, yeah, just like a forum, uh, uh, through our website for model railroading, obviously. Um, so, and then don't forget you can call or text. And if you do call you, it'll, you'll be leaving a voicemail, but you know, Hey, um, but our, our model railroad talk phone number five, six, three. Two nine three six five three zero. That's five six three two nine three six five three zero. Um. So, thank you for listening. Um. We really appreciate all you listeners. Um. We're excited. We're. I know I'm excited for the future of this podcast, and and not just through the audio side, but you know the video side as well, and. Um, you know, if you'd like to help support us and, and help, uh, help us upgrade equipment and add new equipment, um, jump on over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk. 
Um, that's P A T R E O N.com forward slash model railroad talk. And over there, there's a couple different tiers that you can join, um, to show your support. And of course we, we greatly appreciate any support we can get. Um, so once again, thank you for listening to this episode. We're getting close to hitting episode 20. So when we hit 25, we may have to figure something out special. So hopefully by next episode, 19 or 20, like we said in the last episode, um, we will have the fine products that Evans designed has sent us. And hopefully we'll have had time to try them out and all that good stuff. So we can give you a review on that. So, um, thank you for listening and we are excited to have you with us and we look forward to the next episode until then stay safe and keep your train on the tracks.